bullshit. Let's just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Howdy. Good afternoon. I'm not really here. We're on a well-deserved vacation. Kicking back. Drinking a cold one. So we decided to put together for you some of what we think is our best work of the year. Our first piece comes from downtown Detroit. What the fuck is going on? Well, there it is, the Phantom Skyscraper. Part of a $615 million project downtown for Dan Gilbert with your money, public money. Three floors and some elevator shafts. I ran into my old friend Gus the other day. I wrote a story about him a few years ago, him and his invisible dog, Timmy. He was going to the government office to apply for a disability check. And who's more disabled, may I ask, than a guy with an invisible dog? You still haven't got your disability? No. You went in there all homeless, yeah. broke, no. schizophrenia? Yeah, see, they're taking my schizophrenia pills. HIV? Yeah. yeah. And then you, yeah, couldn't yeah. Get on, you couldn't get on the disability? No. But I, uh, not yet, but I'm still, my lawyer got things in process. Your lawyer? Yeah. His name is Josh Moore. How does, how does Josh get paid? I don't know. <laughs> we deal with people with HIV. What a hustle to hustle. Back then, the economy was booming. Construction cranes jammed the Detroit skyline. Virtually everyone subsidized with public dollars. But it wasn't booming for guys like Gus or Timmy or children whose schools were infested with rats. Then came COVID. And today, more people go without food, are foreclosed, put on the street, and are looking for government help. So we decided to see how these publicly backed mega projects are going. Are they starving? Are they hungry? First, we went downtown where the Gilbert skyscraper is supposed to be. It broke ground four years ago. I'm serious though, look at this. It's three fucking dudes, it's one o'clock, and it's three dudes, four yeah, dudes. How you, how you gonna make a skyscraper with only two peoples? <laughs> For the last, all summer long I've been seeing this. It only been four or five workers, you know? Right. Yeah. It's real easy when you don't gotta pay the public back. We got three floors, that's all we got? All that money into this? We gave millions in property and incentives for the redevelopment of the Book Tower. Still empty. Millions more for the Monroe Block. Nothing happening. We gave Fiat Chrysler almost a half billion dollars in land and tax breaks. The company and the mayor promised 10,000 jobs. Today, there aren't half that. And there goes our tax base right across the line and the mayor's acting like a 10% bump in the murder rate is business as usual. And remember the hockey arena? We chipped in hundreds of millions for that one. So where's the city within a city the Illich organization said they'd build? Where's all the apartments they promised us? I can't tell. I don't see them. 
That's seven hundred million for schools. Yeah. Uh, where's schools? I did a TV story about the arena a few years ago. When billionaire owner of the Red Wings Chris Illich pitched a bitch, Station Management pulled the story from the air. I've still got it. Here's part of it. And now that new hockey arena is coming. Total cost about eight hundred million dollars if you include the interest. And you can't forget the interest now. Most of the stadium will be financed with public money, diverted property taxes that are supposed to go to. Wait for this one. Public schools. Now, in the meantime, the Illich family would get to keep all the revenues and rent the stadium for zero dollars a year for 95 years. We don't have enough money for books, but who the hell doesn't love hockey? S A N D Y Barua B A R U A H CEO Detroit Regional Chamber. Sandy Barua heads the Regional Chamber of Commerce. When big business wins, he says, "We all win." I'm thrilled that the Little Caesars Arena uh, is there because it gives us an asset. It gives us a draw uh, for for the city for people to come, and it replaced nothing with something really spectacular. In order for the city to break even in terms of income taxes on its investment in the hockey arena, it would have to create one thousand five hundred million dollar year paying jobs. Yeah, I'm not going to, as a dyslexic person, try to do math in front of you right now. But that's for reading. That's not for math. Dyslexia. Fair enough. It seems nobody around here can count. The downtown Book Cadillac Hotel is broke. The owner said he can avoid default if we, the taxpayers, guarantee him thirty million dollars in property tax breaks. But why should we lose? Why not let it go into foreclosure? Let someone else buy it on the cheap. That's how capitalism's supposed to work. Thirty million dollars, and all I got is the clothes on my back and this ten-speed bike somebody gave me. And I, I could use. Can I get a job at the place or something? Can I, can I get hired? <laughs> I just need a job. I got valid ID, social security card, still home. Can't get a job. They spend thirty million on that. And only a slight record. Mm. No felonies. I have, I have seven felonies, but they're all in my past. I did all the time that I had to do. I paid my restitution and everything and still can't get a job, and we got to deal with stuff like this. I'm sleeping outside, and they got a place for me to sleep right here across the street. Things are thin out here, and people's teeth are starting to show. We guarantee profits for factories, arenas, and hotels when we don't have money sufficient for schools, housing, or police. Something's got to give. You have the people that... Just down and out, you know. Give them jobs. Give them some opportunities to to do something with their life. Now I'm no bleeding heart, but maybe it's time to defund the billionaires. Time to wean them from the public tit. Maybe then we'd have enough milk to nourish human beings without printing money we don't have. I'm the only one in the world with visible dogs. He's fucking humping me, dude. This dude, he's humping me. This is not a vagina. Come on, Timmy. This is a knee. Timmy. God, Timmy. Well, he's humping me, brother. Hey, he wants something. Yeah, I know he wants something. He wants something. Yes, Timmy. He's going to be okay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Tell that hound dog, stay off of that right there. Brought a life so 
Now that piece of brilliant journalism was brought to you by Luke Nowacki, who reminds you, guessing is not a strategy for your financial future. Panicking is not a strategy for your financial future. Gambling is not a strategy for your financial future. Uh oh. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth at 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. That's what I do. Now, what's next, Mark? Uh, Mr. Red's Neighborhood, a trip down there. Mr. Red's Neighborhood. Now we go from downtown Detroit to the inner city neighborhoods. The question is, what the fuck is going on? Nice neighborhood, bro. Thank you. Thank you, brother. It's trying. Except for those. Yeah. Abandoned, 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 abandoned. Historical Dr. Ocean Suite, abandoned. Got a plaque and it's falling there. Abandoned school. How many of these around the school are abandoned? Um, About 17 to 20, actually. Would you look it up? Yeah. What'd you look it up on? Detroit Parcel Look Tracker. Detroit Parcel Tracker. tracker. Anybody yeah. in Detroit want to look about Detroit Parcel Tracker tell you the owner? Yep. And the, the city owns these? Yeah. The fucking city owns these? Detroit Land Bank. Which is the city. Yep. Whatever the fuck they want to say. Yeah, whatever they want to call it. So you got 17, 20 houses around a school that are abandoned. And we put what? 250 million of prop end, 250 million of federal money, 250 million of city money. Yep, almost a billion. And it's right next to the schools. Yeah. That's the same as the school like me and Byron did last year. 13 of these fuckers. Well, as you can see, a year later in a whole nother area, it's the same story. Show me some more. Let's take a walk. Oh, look, Red. I didn't know you had a public school in your neighborhood. Yeah, DPS fine. One of DPS finest. Hutchinson. And you got some really nice abandoned houses right next to it. Yeah. It's a real fixer-upper, Red. And that's a problem, too. Prop in, they promised to rehab a lot of the houses mm -hmm. to try to revitalize the neighborhood with the houses they could. But as you can see, it ain't much rehabbing going on as, as well as demolition. I just see school going on. Come on. So what's the, all these uh, fucking trees, dude? Yeah, this is a hands group, hands farm. Originally, it was a deal with the city. He come in, plant these. They supposed to make the soil good to be used later on. Oh, that's the dude they gave him all the. They gave him the property. Yeah, as I remember. Yeah, these He's are gonna put these in and take the. All poison the, out? Yeah, supposed to take all the poison and contaminants from the soil out to make it more viable, I guess, for sale. That's well, what they told us. They don't look too healthy, bro. No, not at all. These trees have been this tall probably in the last five years. Shit. Maybe they're sad because they live next to these houses. <laughs> they're good for this. sit up here in the shade. 
Now, how do you look up if it's if it's scheduled for demolish? You go to demolish Detroit demolish tracker, okay. demolition tracker. I'm sorry, Detroit demolition tracker. So Byron, that's the city. We're just sitting here because that doesn't have a porch anymore. That one says here by this website you gave me, the demo tracker, and that every citizen could use. And that's owned by the land bank, but it's not in any way contracted or scheduled. To be demoed. Right. So we don't know when, how long that's going to be. And when I was searching, I found quite a few that were listed like that with no demo scheduled. There's nothing, nothing here. Nothing there. Nothing around here. This is your neighborhood. Yeah. Call your city council person? It, no, no return call. No return call. Should we call the mayor's office? I, I wouldn't know where to start. It's no direct line to, to, to the mayor's office, it's unfortunately. Bad phone, no bad phone. <laughs> Did you call the school board? To be honest, I, I, I never thought to call them about demolition in a house. That makes sense, because that's not what they do. Yeah. Did you call your state rep? No, and considering it's an election, I wouldn't know who to go with the new one, the soon to be, or the one that's in there now. I it's mean, the they've city. Been there. So they can't even run the state. Yeah, so. The city. so you called who you're supposed to and you just gave up on the rest, like every other American. Yeah, because after a minute, you, you just get frustrated and tired and feel like it ain't going to really change. This is a sin, man. Hey, kid, you, you like living next door to this? See this house? Do you like living next to it? You don't know? Just kind of normal? Yeah. And, and he summed it up best. Well, if you've what been house? in Detroit in the last 20 years, that's it becomes the norm. You see that baby? By the yeah. way, he's supposed to be in school. Someone lived there? That one, no, I'm assuming. No door. City owns that one. They got to take that down. There's a school right there. They killed somebody and threw it in the Say what? Say that again? In, in that city-owned house, they pulled a dead body out? Yeah. This is my, my friend Red. It's his neighborhood. What's up, man? Come on, come on in. Around the car. Over here. Huh? Yeah, it do be, but I didn't hear about that. They killed somebody and threw him in the basement. Killed somebody, threw him in that basement. Across from you. And didn't even board it up at minimum. City city owns that. Yeah. Would you like it down? Yeah, yeah. They found a fucking corpse next to the school. They found a corpse in a house owned by the city next to the school. Okay, anybody listening or watching this, right? You got a kid. This, this piece of shit next to your kid's school and a corpse gets pulled out. And that's normal. Do you know who owns that building? The city. You know who owns that building? The city. You know what that building is? The school. It's a nice school? That's it. Yes, sir. Well, why do children got to look at this on their way to school? I don't even know. I don't even live over here. You don't even notice it yourself anymore, do you? No, sir. No, it's regular. Just go to work and come home. Shit. And go home. Tanya. Happy spring. Say that you, man. When are they gonna take some of this shit down? I don't know, man. I hope they do it. They found a corpse in that motherfucker. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. That's a school. Yeah. Which one? Which house? That one right there. That one right there? Yeah. You own this home? Yeah, this is my mom's house. Okay, so you pay tax on it. Yeah, for sure. 
that proposition and demolition money. School, man. I thought the, the mayor said schools first. <laughs> schools first, supposedly. No, not happening. No. <laughs> you want to tell him something? I don't know, man. I ain't, I ain't got much to say. Oh, there we go. That's right. You got nothing to say, so nothing gets done. But it breaks my heart. You're like, what's the point anyway? That breaks my heart to hear. Right. I, I mean, you know, Charlie. You know, I, I guess I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm thinking like that, but you know. Well, brother, because it's true. Yeah, we've been trying to get this. Tore down for years, you know, and nothing's ain't happening. The building right there, you know, it's too much. Them down there, it's just too much, man, you know. Be, you become content with it. It yeah, becomes right. the norm. Yeah. yeah. Right, they told maybe at a, a two or three houses down, you know, a couple years ago, that was across the street, but that was it, you know? That was it. You own this house? No, nah, we renting. It's a nice house. This one? Yeah. It's a nice house. Try to keep it up. I try to keep the grass cut, but... I ain't getting no help. The, the city don't even come cut the lot and field around it. it. I gotta cut it. Or the trees, really? as we can see. So the city-owned building, they don't even cut that shit. What about this one? I cut this. But this belongs to the city? Yeah, yeah. belongs to the city. What the fuck? As a father, how do you feel letting your kids out to play or do anything around here with all these abandoned houses? As I'm out here with them, I, I feel comfortable. But if I ain't out here, they ain't coming out here. It ain't, it ain't safe. And we didn't grow up like that. And then they got all these uh, straight dogs running through. They just The dogs just ran into school and bit somebody. No. Yeah, that was uh, last week? I think today. What? Uh, uh, today. They just had the dog catchers down there looking for some dogs. Some wild dogs just went into school today and bit a kid? I don't even believe that. My wife across the street, she let you know. That's, she worked there? Yeah. And, and that's yet another city service. So if you had something to tell the city... The mayor, listening, what would you tell him? Just give us some help out here. That's all we ask. We, we out here with y'all, but just come on. You can just see it. You, you wouldn't want to live next to this. I want to, I want to show you the one I, I tried up, up just north of here on the east side as well. I want to show you that neighborhood. That like, it's like this, but like 13 right on top of the school. See this neighborhood, dude? Yeah. About five miles from yours, we did this last year. About 13 abandoned houses. Okay. They got these out. It's two of them right here. Two. There's That's still the one there, there's still one over there, there's still some down there. But if you keep on them, you can get this for your kids too. That's what we hope. And they need to keep going. Once they start, don't stop. Two is great. All politics local. True that. City councilman. City council member, ombudsman, the city ombudsman. That's where you citizens lodge their complaint. Okay. Call the mayor's office. Okay. Call the school board. Okay. Okay. I would. Thanks for that one, because I never would have thought to call the school board. Makes sense. Okay. School star making noise. Pay a little more attention. Kids deserve better. Yes. All right, bro. Definitely. Good job. Dead bodies. Unbelievable. <laughs> You forgot this one, Mayor. And that one. And that one. And that one. And that one. Carry on. Now you might not want to buy one of them raggedy ass houses in Red's neighborhood, 
But if you're looking to buy a house, the market's cooled off. Give David Hall a call at 866-CALL-HALL or go online at callhallfirst.com. And if you've already got a house and you've got bills all over the place, consolidate them. Your credit cards, your student loans, that remodeling project you need money for. A cash-out home refinance from Hall Financial is the answer you're looking for. Take the equity out of your house and save yourself some money. That's 866-CALL-HALL or go online at callhallfirst.com. And if you're at the bus stop, keep your head down. Listen to the life He's living. He's telling you. You can get robbed and killed at the bus stop. That obviously shows you ain't got much to possess at the time. You know, you just probably got some nice shoes on at the bus stop and you can get robbed for that because people are dangerous. It's like, it's just, it's not a way of, it's not a why. Just, it is what it is. Wasn't there used to be a code? No kids? Code don't exist anymore. People don't have respect for them type of things. You know, if they can't get, and people feel like if they can't get you, they can get somebody else close to you or something. And that's that's due diligence. That's more of a cause to show you that, you know, it's no code and we not playing with you. Well, you're telling me now it's, we are hunting your kids. For the most part, anything happens, happens. If you with your kids at the time and you, yes. There's no respect towards that. Since I came on the job, I've seen eight-year-olds shooting guns and shooting people. You know, you see the parents brandishing guns around their kids, teaching their kids how to handle these guns in the suburbs and in the city. We have too many guns out here and too many opportunities to obtain these guns. And these kids are using these guns like never before. 500 kids have been shot in Detroit the last six years. You're 10 times more likely to be shot as a kid in Detroit than in America. Surprise you? Yes, but it's a lot of kids out here. 14, 15 on Instagram, Facebook, uploading guns, uploading assault rifles that us grown folks don't even have. And it makes you wonder how do they get their hands on it. So the kids is resourceful these days. You hear these kids say, look, I'd rather get caught with one than without one. We gotta change that mentality. People are afraid. These kids are afraid. They're not just toting guns because it's a fashion statement. They're toting guns because they are afraid of dying out here in the streets. A random situation can cause you your life. Uh, just uh, walking into the store, not even having a plan, and a bump, a look, can have a gun in your face. Have somebody chasing you out the store, shooting at you. So yeah. I got a gun because everybody else has a gun. And guess who's getting the street justice out here? It's your juveniles. It's people under 17 years of age. And they're becoming the victims too because nobody cares. Dude, you're a baller. Do you really think to go be able to get guns out of your hands? No. American Coney Island is the most delicious hot dog in the world. Proprietary chili, Vidalia onions, wholesome, fresh bread, mustard only. And the people there are decent. They're charitable, as you will see in this next piece, about all the people who got kicked off the no-fault insurance, those traumatically injured that we promised 
to take care of for the rest of their lives. We paid for it and we no longer are. Shame on you, governor. Shame on you, mayor. Shame on you, Republican legislators. Fix the shit. How are you? Mark Twain wrote that kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. And I can confidently add that kindness is also a food which the paralyzed can smell and taste. All right, we're ready to eat. After hearing that an entire community of people who were paralyzed in car accidents may be put out on the curb because auto insurance reform, my friends at American Coney Island decided to feed them lunch, a small gesture of kindness and dignity. Special Tree NeuroCare in Romulus, Michigan, specializes in brain and spinal cord rehabilitation. Nearly all the people here were victims of severe car accidents. And this place is a great place, but they're losing the money that they need, and they're cut. the cuts are hurting everybody here. But we need this place, don't we, Jamie? They get her walking, they got the zero machine, the speech, you couldn't ask for a better place. Under Michigan's old insurance law, these people got lifetime health benefits. We promised them whatever they needed. No insurance company ever went broke because it was we the people who paid for it. But all that changed in 2019. Now, benefits are capped at $250,000 and fees that providers like Special Tree can charge have been severely cut by as much as 45%. We got 18,000 people. 18,000 people, 20-some billion dollars in a cat fund that's supposed to be taking care of these people. They make this mistake in this 55% uh, part of the law. People can't be taken care of for 55%. It's put them into horrible uh, you know, despair and into the hospital. We can't get paid enough to make it go. Everybody's losing money. Nobody's being cared for properly. The money's still in the in the cat fund, and we can't get anybody to fix the law that they said they admitted that they screwed up. You know, the insurance industry is running the show, and um, the rest of us are, are losing as a result of it. And, you know, we're asking the governor to, to provide some leadership, and she just, you know, she's buying votes with $400 each. It's pretty simple stuff. Are you governor? Are you buying votes for $400 a check? Because you can keep my check and you can look after them. It's that simple. Were you in a car accident, Peggy? Hit and run. Huh? Hit and run. Hit and run? When? 2003. Broke my back. Knocked me up in the air and left me for dead. And you've been here? For eight years. Good place? Good place. And I love to stay here. These insurance companies have just tried to shift their responsibility over to the Medicaid system. You mean they took the good insurance, said, screw it, we'll pocket the money, and Uncle Sam can pay for half the care. There you go. It's a tough world. Let me get you some food. The American Recovery Act, they sent billions to Michigan. GM got a billion to build a battery plant. Well, how much did you get? We've got nothing. 
Nothing from all that COVID money. None of the COVID money. No grants for PPE. Uh, nothing. HVAC? No. <laughs> nothing. So we, we're assigning billions, removing hundreds of thousands, and what happens to them? I have no idea. It's, it's unbelievable. So while the politicians and insurance executives drink premium liquor, toasting their record profits, the unseen residents at Special Tree drink from the cup of bitterness. Rehab facilities like this are closing down, and 50 people here at Special Tree fear they'll be dumped into one of those miserable nursing homes where people die of COVID. Without the COVID, I would have to be in a location that I do not want to be. You would have to go to a shitty nursing home where they could not help you. I don't want to be a nursing home. I want to be on a rehab like Special Tree that is what that provides. So this is not a nursing home. This is rehabilitation. In yeah. a, yes, sir. In a nursing home, you just sit in a room. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I've been uh, doing this rehabilitation with brain injury and spinal cord injury for 24 years of my career. And I've seen amazing um, recovery and people returning to life. To be able to have that quality of life for these folks to get back to somewhat of a normal life, they won't have those abilities in nursing homes. Our facility was built to deal with people with neurological compromise, challenges as a result from their brain injury. Other facilities don't do that. The money we've invested in training our team, hiring some of the best professionals, therapists, nurses, leaders that understand. Uh, even Joe, you know, our chairman, my, my dad, has spent decades advocating in this industry, understanding what these individuals what it takes to recover from this injury and to think that they're going to go to some Medicaid facility and get even a fraction of the same amount of well this is going to be one of those yeah I mean it is the reality is uh, you can't keep it this nice well I mean we're going to try uh, you know how are you going to do that you know you can still love your client you can still care for your client and I think that's kind of at the heart of our mission so you're going to try absolutely you don't know how is a third generation owner, leader of this business, you know, die fighting anyway. So what a generation X Gen Z millennial thing we all have to do. Well, I, this is what they handed us. If this closes and they're gonna try not to, you can you go back home? I don't know where to go. Because there's no home care agencies out there to supply people to uh take care of you. These are like cool people. Yes. Who got, got in an accident. We got lots of cool people here. Yeah. Got in an accident. Um, some of them no fault of their own, you know. Oh, there's a hell of a pun. How <laughs> <laughs> that was. If they don't fix this, are you going out of business or you just can't take care of these people anymore? We are struggling with the future. We don't know. We, don't know. we want to be in business. We're fighting like crazy. And we don't know what the future is yet. So the insurance people and the lawyers and the politicians say the problem is you were gouging the system. Were you gouging the system? Let's be honest. There were people in our business that were. And they're the ones that are surviving because it's arbitrary, the 55%. If you bill 55% when you're overbilling, they are now billing what we were billing in 2019. We're the oldest 
Post-acute program in Michigan, 48 years this November. You just can't be around that long and be a thief. Right. You know, I, I left TV news a couple years ago because I don't like things called in. This is the stand-up, but here's the point. Since he can't stand up, we have the money to take care of the people that we promised we would. This isn't any kind of place that I want to live. Not here, but this society. Please, in Lansing, in your office buildings, your actuarials, your insurance people, do the right thing and the thing we all promised, Brian, that we would do from a very nice place in Wayne County. Charlie and Brian having lunch. It was great. It was. Tony dogs were great. My man. Thank you. Uh, American Coney Island is the best. They're not going to fix shit. Nobody knows how to fix shit, Mark. Nope. If you need your shit fixed, you know, if you need shit fixed, if you need to deal with the government or you are the government, you can't get heating and cooling in the old people's homes. ADR consultants are doing that right now in Hamtramck. Really? Yeah. Good. I went out yesterday. Excellent. Mm -hmm. You can get it done. Variances, demolition, construction, property management, IT, one-stop shopping. Can't do it yourself. Get it done right, on time, on budget. Pick somebody who's honest, ethical, smart. That's Barry Allentuck at ADR Associates. And his number is, man, I gotta get some glasses. 248 9424. Very good. 248 318 9424. Barry Allentuck. Now, where are we going with this? Migrants uh, in the Kellogg's. Workers aren't getting paid. This is a piece we did late fall. Migrant workers, they're in the news. American workers, they're always in the news. Why is it we all always lose? Hey, Drew. <laughs> Kellogg's made like $1.161 billion in profits last year. Now they want to cut all our pensions and our health care. All of us poor people, we work for the rich people. Two workers from worlds apart living just miles apart on the west side of Michigan. One an American, one a Mexican, one a factory hand, one a field hand. The way they feed their children? By feeding America. They're trying to drive down wages everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And it's a, it's a David and Goliath battle because corporate America has more money than we can ever dream of. And we're trying to fight just a, a giant across every board, you know? And all we are is one man. The only time he says he's getting the H-2A wage is when the contract workers are also here. Otherwise, he goes back down to 11-something an hour. The world is shifting beneath these workers' feet. The cereal workers on strike, his multinational company made almost $2 billion last year. But the company wants workers to take less or threaten to send the job to Mexico. They've been moving products out of here to Mexico. Four years ago, they said they were cutting 225 jobs. That didn't work out so well. This Labor Day, they called us in and said they were cutting 174 of us. So anybody out here that has under 10 years in is gone. 
The crappy part is this ground right here is what gave Kellogg's everything they have. They own Pringles and Cheez-Its and all sorts of companies and it was all made out of this plant right here. And we used to have 5,000 people here, now we're down to 300. These are migrant Mexican apple workers. Tens of thousands of them arrive every season on temporary work visas. They're legal workers. The United States government is supposed to make sure they're not cheated or abused. But the government rarely does what it's supposed to do. Fuck him! Yeah, I'm not dealing with that, okay? Okay. I write his goddamn paycheck! Be quiet! Shut up! He is a coward fucking nigger bitch! Tell him to pack his goddamn shit and get the fuck out of here. Okay. okay, Peach Ridge and La Okay. With too few government inspectors, legal aid lawyers, Teresa Hendricks and Molly Spock fill the void, doing the legal work and the outreach work. These labor brokers, they write a contract, they show the government, and they say, we're going to be fair, this is the conditions we're going to pay. They tell the workers that, then they get them here, and it's a whole bait and switch. If you come over on an H-2A contract, you are more vulnerable to exploitation than even an undocumented worker working here. How is mm -hmm. that possible? Because all of your movements are controlled by your crew leader. They, they can decide where you go, when you go, how much you work, how much you get paid, and if you ever have the right to come back. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to the laundromat, every aspect of their life is controlled. When you can go cash your check. The conditions are awful. There's no other way to say it. 50 men to a bunkhouse, COVID, influenza, and bed bugs are rampant. These men are supposed to be paid by the hour. This man tells me he's paid by the ton. That's illegal, and the math doesn't work. But still, it's a better life than back home in Hidalgo, Mexico. Oh, Detroit. Oh, sí, era muy rico, sí, sí, cierto. Porque yo miro en las noticias. He knows about the wide streets and beautiful buildings of Detroit, how it was once a great and rich city, he says. He knows its factories are gone, that they're in Mexico. But you don't want to work there, he says. The pay is $15 a day. The fields here are more satisfactory. It's not much of a life, but it's his life. And in the end, he says, the poor man will always work for the rich man anyhow. An hour away, the middle-class American man grows angry, feeling himself and his community of Battle Creek slowly sliding into the class of the used-to-haves. And the used-to-haves are the most dangerous sort of men there are. Eventually, there's going to be major problems in society because the 1% wants more and they're not. Our wages aren't going to be even enough to buy products from the 1% like Kellogg's or, you know. Well, that's not a war you could win. The day of the revolutionary is over. You, you think so, but, I mean, look at Afghanistan. How many years were we in there fighting against guys that could barely eat with AK-47s? We just pulled out the strongest military in the world. So in the United States, we import the Mexican man to work our fields and export the American man's jobs to Mexico where the Mexican man does not want them. A vicious cycle to nowhere.
we're on a beach right now, but it's quite possible, Mark, that while we are, the Supreme Court will issue its opinion on basically, does Roe v. Wade fall or stand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't imagine there'll be much of a surprise, but you never know. So in this program, we also do a lot of interviews, and I think one of the best interviews we've had in the last year was Macomb County prosecutor, Republican, Pete Lacido, and Oakland County prosecutor, Democrat, Karen McDonald, arguing over whether they would enforce Michigan's abortion ban from 1931 should the Supreme Court knock down Roe v. Wade. And here's what I hope is an interesting piece from that interview. We make decisions as prosecutors all over the country uh, to decide what we're going to charge and who we're going to charge. And there are hundreds of antiquated and some not antiquated uh, crimes that peop- that if prosecutors choose not to to prosecute every single day. So um, I will not be prosecuting a doctor or charging a doctor with a felony for providing prescriptions or um, procedures terminating in a pre- terminating a pregnancy. Well, that's pretty plain right there. I promised that when I took my oath of office that I would uphold all the laws of the state of Michigan. I promised that I would uphold the Constitution. That is an oath that we all take as prosecutors, all 83 in this state. In addition, even though we are pro-choice or pro-life, it really doesn't make a difference because the laws are the laws are the laws. Let's talk about this, though. If I've never presented a warrant for adultery, because everybody used that as an example, if I've never been presented a warrant for cow at large, if I was never presented a warrant for abortion, 1931 law, then I never have to worry about it because as a prosecutor, I only have to worry about those that are coming in with a warrant, the elements of the crime that were made, and whether or not a doctor or an individual or a care provider or whoever else is at risk and or subject to the laws of the state, it's a case by case by case by case. I don't have the right. I don't have the right to pick and choose which laws I'm going to enforce. I have the right to see if the elements are made. I have the right under my obligation note to go ahead and bring the charges that the police, the police who do the investigation, come up to my office with these warrants and say, I'm bringing a warrant based on these circumstances, these facts, this evidence, and I'd like to have it signed. And let, me, let, me, let me get you, uh, Karen, prosecutor, Karen. So what Pete's saying is you would be end running your obligation as a prosecutor if somebody brought such a charge to you, your, your answer to that. I, I would say that not only is it a right, it's our obligation as prosecutors to make good decisions about what our office is going to pursue and what it's not. We do that every single day. Uh, Pete's office does that every single day. And it's my obligation to do that. Pete and I have just had a discussion about civility and and politics. And so we both agree that we can disagree and do so in a civil manner. See, I like that. But, 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 But Pete, you wouldn't charge cow at large if it was brought to you. You wouldn't do it. Your warrant writers wouldn't do it. And so to say that you you just you have an obligation if the police bring it to you and you can prove your case, then you have an obligation to charge it. That just isn't so. We're not elected to be robots. We're elected to make good choices that's in the benefit and interest of the public and public safety. And 
at, at a time when there are such critical, critical um, things going on in our community and, and gun violence being one of them, it is my obligation to use good sense and make a dis- and use my discretion about what we're going to spend our resources for. On. That makes sense, Pete. I have a warrant division. My warrant division has been instructed if the crime is on the books, why am I picking and choosing which crimes I'm going to enforce and not enforce? That would be not giving proper notice in the legal world of what is a crime and what isn't. Because according to certain prosecutors in the state, they feel that they don't meet the, the requisite requirement in their moral beliefs but in their legal obligation. I want you to remember what I'm saying. I don't have a right to turn my back on the law when I, uh, I'm i supposed to uphold it. Now, whether or not I have a warrant is a whole new ball of wax, which means I've never been presented in the 16 months in this office with an adultery warrant, even though it's still on the books. Let me pause you there. Let me, pa- let, me, let, me, let me pause you there. This is quite easy. So somebody, yeah. somebody could go to divorce court in Macomb, mm-hmm. go through every divorce filing, five, uh, uh, find a thousand instances and accusations of adultery. You could put an ADA in that courtroom and charge everybody into infinitum. Charlie, As a former family court judge, uh, I fully support that. He's absolutely right. Goes on every single day. Right. So, I mean, you might expect that after someone listens to this podcast, because that that would be a, a really great thing to do for a lot of litigants in the in the family court. Here, here's the difference, though, Charlie. If a police officer or a law enforcement official doesn't investigate and bring the warrant to Karen or I, We have no legal duty. This is the law. We have no legal duty to do our own independent investigation to bring a warrant. Doesn't it open the door? Does it not? Same-sex marriage has no long tradition and in some people's minds would raise critical moral questions. Michigan still has laws on the books banning sodomy, adultery, same-sex marriages in our Constitution. Does this not open a Pandora's box of re-engineering modern and current American society? Somebody grab yes. that. Yes, it does. And by the way, based on what's going on in our country right now, I will not be surprised at all if we're not sitting here a year from now and having the same conversation about same-sex marriage. I will not prosecute that either. I do not believe that is right. And if the, the people in Oakland County disagree with me, they can go to the polls. And But I'm not going to, I'm not going to enforce that. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, the, I have all, a lot of respect for the legislature, but the, the polling on um, abortion, by the way, in many instances, not just it's not a it's not a partisan poll. They're independent polls. Overwhelmingly, the people of this state believe that a woman should have a right to choose. Uh, so, you know, and, and with regard to the legislature, it's very, very difficult to enact a law. And, and it's, it's very difficult for a legislator to get, in my view, very much done. And remember, this was a law that was written in the 1930s. And if, if there are people, there are prosecutors who want to prosecute a doctor for performing an abortion on a, on a young woman who was raped, I, I, I find that unconscionable and I, I will not do it. Pete? 
We have a slippery slope in picking and choosing and or enforcing certain laws by the way a prosecutor feels that day. I like the fact that there's certainty, clarity, and most importantly, uh, even-handed and, uh, and, and due process by saying, here's notice of the law, you don't like the law, change it. But until you do, I have an obligation to bring the charges and a judge has the obligation to listen to the facts, determine whether or not there's a need to enforce that law because that's what judges do, enforce the law as prosecutors. Only in the discretion does judge will say, I can also decide to throw it out. But if I'm uh, going to start picking and choosing, if I'm starting really to pick and choose, if I'm starting to pick and choose what laws are going to be enforced in the state, I don't think that we're giving properly uh, what's called fundamental fairness. And that's what I would like to see. Respectfully, Karen, if you don't want to charge or look at a case by abortions, you have that right, I guess. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel is my constitutional obligation by upholding the law that I was duly charged with doing. You pick and choose every day. Every prosecutor elected in this country does so. Every single day. We pick and choose and use discretion about what charges we should bring. Stay together. We as a people are going to have to figure this out. I thank you both, really, for taking the time. You're incredibly busy people. Kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. See you, Charlie. Bye, Karen. Bye, Karen. Thanks. <laughs> and now, the weather. <laughs> It's James Harvey with your NBN News weather report. The snow is melting and the abandoned furniture and old tires are in full bloom. You know what they say, April showers bring May floods on the east side. <laughs> Hell, I still haven't gotten my check, FEMA check from last year. And speaking about things that take too long, with all the Rain in the forecast, you can expect the grass and the land bank lots to grow taller than Dan Gilbert's skyscrapers. <laughs> Which has a plus side. Now you won't be able to see the abandoned furniture and old tires. <laughs> expect a massive warm front to move through Detroit next week. Forecast for the summer, hot, with a high probability of murder. Bang, bang! <laughs> you might want to take advantage of the rain and gas up your car now. Only in the daytime. And don't forget to stock up on that beer and those lottery tickets. And stay indoors. And remember, when we get these massive warm fronts, it comes with light winds from the west. And with the light winds comes massive power outages all over Michigan. Shit! So after you get through gas in that car up, in the daytime, you might want to stop by the dollar and 25 cent store and stock up you some candles. But remember, with inflation, you're only going to get 11 candles in a box made for 12. This is James Harvey with NBN News, reminding you, Detroit, gas up in the daytime. Well, that's the best of. We hope you enjoyed it. We appreciate you tuning in and so long, suckers. I'm going to eat. <laughs>
Take your shirt off. <laughs>